Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Well, this episode is part two of a series about different types of eating habits and how they worked for different people. Today's topic is zero carb, or as more popularly called, the carnivore diet. My guest, health educator and health coach, Nicole Carter, has been on this show before, and she's back, and she's going to talk about how the carnivore diet healed her from ulcerative colitis and other symptoms, and she's in the best shape of her life. Nicole is also an ex-vegan, so she came to the carnivore diet after many years as whole food, plant-based, as well as raw vegan. So hear all about this right after this. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Goth Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Nicole Carter. She's a health coach and health educator. She was on the show previously, and she's back. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for coming back to A Teaspoon of Healing. My pleasure. And how's your morning so far? Really good. Waiting for the sun to come out and get warm. I just had a lovely brunch. We made some leftover ribeye steaks and pasture-raised eggs and wild-caught salmon. Nice. Well, that sounds yeah. delicious. It was amazing. Well, so speaking of food, we're going to be talking today about different approaches, different diets. And so first of all, you came on the show, I think it was about a year ago, and we were talking about healing your gut. And from following you on social media, I noticed, and you talk a lot about this, that you are a former plant-based and you found a lot of success with zero carb or AKA the carnivore way of eating. And mm-hmm. it's, healed. it's been very healing for you. Right. And do you want to talk a little bit about your transition, how you discovered it? And yeah. so, you know, when I tell people this, it's shocking because it's kind of two right. ends of the extreme, right? <laughs> and uh, which I totally understand, but I, I was vegan for about 15 years and, you know, the first couple of years of that was great. I actually was coming off from, you know, more of a standard diet. So I did eat more processed foods and not the healthiest and uh, was in college and, you know, so everything that that entails. And so I, my first couple of years as a vegan, I actually did 
pretty good. I felt felt good. Really couldn't complain. Enjoyed it. Love eating vegan. And then I started to have problems. I started with just like my hair falling out and feeling tired and getting a, a lot of indigestion, gas, bloating, constipation, you name it. I just, my stomach was hurting all the time. And then I noticed that I was very, very sensitive to anything, any kind of sugar. Um, I became more or less hypoglycemic. And so, you know, as I was going through the problems of the plant-based diet that I was having, I, I chalked it up to, you know, needing, maybe I needed more nutrients and maybe I wasn't doing things right because, you know, I thought, well, what's going wrong here? I felt good at first. And, um, but now things are going downhill. And, and then those things were, you know, like I, I had not, not, I just wasn't feeling great, but then some real problems started to happen. Like I got gallstones. And when I went in to see my doctor, I was going, I went in for stomach pains, turned out to be pancreatitis, which can kill you. And they, you know, were dumbfounded because I wasn't obese I wasn't drinking any alcohol, and those are the common causes of uh, pancreatitis and gallstones. And um, so it turned out I did have gallstones, and I was having a lot of dysfunction with my gallbladder. And ultimately, after two episodes of this, I had the gallbladder removed. My immune system was starting to really dysfunction. I was getting sick all the time. It was like getting the flu back to back to back and numerous other things. I had chronic yeast infections and Mm -hmm. candida infections. So yeast in the body, skin, fatigue, and I just couldn't tolerate any kind of sugar, even wine. And, And then I became really sensitive to foods and smells. Just something happened in the body and I, my resiliency was just not there. And, you know, a lot of hormone problems. I had endometriosis for a number of years I had a very low thyroid function, so pretty much hypothyroidism, Mm -hmm. cold all the time, probably had to do with the hair loss. I also experienced a lot of mood swings. I would say mostly anxiety, a little bit of depression mixed Mm -hmm. in, just kind of a up and down. What else? (laughs) I had quite a bit of problems. And and I remember a friend saying to me, who's one of my dear friends still, who's Mm -hmm. actually now also carnivore with me. And um, she said to me years ago, she's like, you are the sickest, healthy person that I know. And it was because I was this, like, mm-hmm. you know, I used to teach at the university and I taught herbal medicine and I taught classes about plant-based diets. And, and looking back, I'm thinking, God, and I, I didn't realize how bad mm-hmm. I really was until I got away from it. Because you just can't fathom that plants could be causing you harm. So after a time, my cholesterol got extremely low. I had my, hor- my blood work done. That was low. I had no vitamin D in my body. Even though I had been supplementing over 5,000 IUs a day for a year, I could not get my vitamin D levels up. The fatigue, the, my hormones were completely messed up. Very low amounts of hormones of progesterone and testosterone. Yeah. And I just never had the energy, but all of these symptoms, you know, more and more things just kept coming on. And I had a few different doctors that urged Mm -hmm. me to start eating some proteins, animal proteins. You know, after I, I tried to convince myself that I just needed more nutrients. So if I take it to the next level, I'm going to be better. Okay. So I did raw vegan for a year and I cut out 
any kind of like processed carbs or, you know, I, I did about right. <laughs> as good as you can possibly do it. Right. I mean, I left no stone unturned in the vegan world. I mm-hmm. cut out soy. I um, mm-hmm. routed every grain, nut and seed that I, I used my dehydrator. I had flax seeds and uh, used those for crackers and, you know, got a ton of fiber because I was having so much problems with my stomach and digestion. And then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And um, if you're familiar with that, it's a pretty intense disease, autoimmune. And it was just kind of my last straw. So as much as I wanted to be vegan and plant-based for my health and for the environment, those were mainly my reasons. It just wasn't working. I just couldn't deny it anymore. So I started eating some fish and eggs my energy levels came back. The hair loss slowed down. I did start to feel a little bit better. And I did that for a while, a few years, in fact. And I still had the colitis. I ate a ton. I mean, I would say I was mostly plant-based and I would have a little bit of fish or eggs okay. each day. And But yet, uh, even though some of my symptoms mm-hmm. got better, my colitis just was would still sneak up on me and I would still mm-hmm. get flare-ups on occasion yeah, so it's a pretty long, you know, I, my, my transition was was over time. And and then I did do the uh, ketogenic diet. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask, was there a transition notary period, like yep. keto, paleo? My next step was that. Okay. Yeah, and I went to the ketogenic diet, and I did kind of like a more plant-based version of the keto, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I had a lot of coconut oil. I had a lot of eggs and fish and huge salads. I even wow. grew my own. I had a big raised bed garden in my backyard, and I tried to right. eat almost everything that I grew myself. I grew a lot. You know, with the exception of the eggs and fish, I would get my fish from my neighbor who was a fisherman, line caught. I really mm. felt like I did it right. And so there were some other components that went into this too, I have to say. You know, I did a lot of, mm-hmm. I started my fasting practice back then. I started to incorporate things to manage my stress because I did go through a lot of stress over those yes. years and that definitely contributed. But, you know, the ketogenic diet did seem to help. Like it did bump me up a notch, okay. you know, improved the gut health a the bit more. Was, how was the fatigue? Was that a little fatigue better? Fatigue was a little bit better, but I and still- the colitis? Yeah. I, I mean, the colitis was definitely better. Okay. I, I think keto was probably the next level of okay. progression for me than where I was. It definitely was. And I think I was getting more fats that I really needed. So it did help, but I also felt like I wasn't, you know, I wanted to be leaner and I worked out a lot. I taught a lot of classes and I, you know, being, we all have a certain amount of vanity, right? right? And I thought that maybe I would get leaner on the keto diet. Really felt like I wasn't satisfied and I really wanted to heal my colitis naturally. My doctors wanted me to take all these medicines and, you know, being, having a holistic Mm -hmm. approach and being an educator and a health coach for many years, I never have used medications ever. And I didn't want to start. And I thought, how could I possibly be doing this and having gut health problems? My doctors told me there was no cure for my condition and that it did not matter what I ate. And that was like devastating for me because I just couldn't understand how you can get a condition like that digestive related and it was nothing to do with food. It just didn't make any sense. And I wasn't willing to just take that answer and live with it. So I continued to try and experiment different things. I cut out this and cut out that and took a break from eggs. And, you know, I tried different things. I went back to vegan for a few, I'd say two, three weeks and I got worse. 
So I realized that wasn't the right direction. And then I came across a story of a, a lady that had used an all meat diet to heal her body from mental illness. And I know that mental illness is connected okay. to gut health. Yeah. 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 That's what I was going to say is that, yeah. was that recommended and to her? Because yeah, there's that connection. Well, her there. name is Amber O'Hearn. Okay. And what did she, what was it? There was a depression. You can or find her story on the internet. She's okay. very inspiring. She's not a researcher. She's not a, a medical person in the health field whatsoever, but okay. really interesting story. And she was carnivore for nine years, only meat for nine years. And I was blown okay. away by this. I thought, you got to be kidding me. So I researched it for probably three or four months. Mm-hmm. Just, I just couldn't even believe what I was hearing and reading, I thought, how can plants possibly be bad for you? Right? It's like the holy grail of health. You know, and that's really the message. And yeah, so finding out Mm -hmm. that people are, they're being healed, like it's very healing for their bodies through autoimmune and through their into their gut, people, mental illness, mental health, gut health, I read about people with my actual disease, also colitis. Mm -hmm. Read about people with joint problems and and other kinds of autoimmune disease, like really okay. common people using it for autoimmune, right? So, okay. So I just said, "What the hell? Like, what do I have to lose at this point? I'm still getting breakthrough flare-ups, still bleeding. You know, when you have intestines that are bleeding and you're passing yeah. blood in your stool, it gets your attention. I have a family member that had that, so." Yeah, yeah so it's I, awful. Yeah. And you feel terrible. Yeah, of course. And you want to do anything you can to, to yeah. get rid so, of it, especially like you said, naturally. You have a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. You were an educator and I get that. So yeah. you started up on I, carnivore. So what did, and how yeah. did you prepare for that? Because yeah, looking at it, it's definitely you see, okay, that's well, a lot of meat. And is it just meat or do people eat eggs? As- the basis is in meat, beef and ruminant animals. And I'll explain that. But sure. I so before this I hadn't eaten beef for years, mm-hmm. like I don't know, years and many, many years. And so I it was almost unthinkable. Right. But I um so I tried a little chicken and I just never been a big fan of chicken. I, you know, went back to eating the fish and the eggs, um, a little bit of like dark meat chicken that went down okay, but I just never really was a fan of chicken. Right. So I went ahead and started trying a little bit of ground beef, bison. I think bison was my first real success where I was like, wow, I actually Mm -hmm. feel really good. My first carnivore meal was a bowl full of browned ground bison meat. Okay. And just with some salt on it. And I was amazed at actually how good I felt. Took me a long time to wrap my head around this, Mm -hmm. but I repeated and repeated and repeated. And like my symptoms went less and less and less. And so all this time, and I continue to watch and research because this is not an area that anybody is a real expert in because there isn't any kind of, you know, long-term studies. Not yet. We can, you know, in the, in the future, you know, it takes so many years of studies, you know, for, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So right now, so you started doing that. And so a couple months in, how did you feel? And also I wanted to ask if, is it a lot to do with fasting? I find that, yeah, it's the fed and fasted state. So when you're eating meat, more dense protein, are you able to fast longer? Is it, cause it seems like it's yeah. a lot to do with fasting. So what is usually yeah, like a typical couple days? Well, okay. So when you eat meat and fat, 
which is not, let's say you're adding extra fat, just meat that has higher amounts of saturated fat, balances out your blood sugar and you're satiated for a long time. Mm -hmm. So my intermittent fasting became really longer and much easier. So I could go 18, 20 hours, no problem. Wasn't even hungry. Okay. So I would eat an early dinner, which would be some sort of meat. And early on, I think I started off with mostly beef and bison. I started eating the meat. I couldn't believe how well I digested it. It tasted great. I did not have any aversions to it. But, you know, for people coming from plant-based diet, I get that question a lot. And I did, you know, like I said, I started with fish and eggs for quite a while. So I did do fish and eggs and then thigh meat, chicken, and um, and then finally bison and then beef. So it was it wasn't you know, one day vegan for 15 years and then boom, full meat every single day. It was a little slower than that. And I will say, um, it was, I felt great on it. Um, you do get a little bit of loose stools for the first few weeks. It's real common. I was and then ask about that. How, yeah. How that goes. <laughs> yeah. You get much reduced stools because your body doesn't, you're not using fiber, right? Your body actually doesn't need fiber. So is there, so some people are saying that's why they're, they're kind of afraid to try it because they're afraid they won't be able to. I try to avoid dairy. You, you shouldn't have that problem at all. Meat is very well digested. Yeah. Your body uses it. And because there's no fiber, you just go to the bathroom less. Right. And people, I think, are hooked on this idea that, you know, it's healthy to go to the bathroom and have, you know, like the more bowel movements right. that you have, the better. It's not necessarily true. No. And it's actually, fiber is really destructive to your gut. And this is what, what I really learned is when I took all of the plant foods out of my diet is when I finally truly healed my gut. So you have, so the, and that's a really hard thing for people to yeah. understand. A lot of people are just be like, what? That's, that's exactly yeah. the opposite of what right? you're from it. all the journals and, and all the, you know, if you're, if you're in a dietetics program or any student, you know, mm-hmm. it's a traditional nutrition program, they're going to say, no, you know, it's absolutely wrong. So, right. so how is it that yeah. you feel oh. that, so obviously, you know, your, your health has improved. Yeah. I mean, this is a difficult thing to wrap your mind around. I don't think carnivore is for everybody. It's one of the biggest struggles is mentally right. accepting it, exactly. and understanding what you're doing. And it really takes a lot of support mm-hmm. and you got to research it and know that it's the best thing for you. And I've done all that and I've experienced it and I'm 100% convinced that this is the best thing for me. And, and I do think it is the best thing for a lot of people and for the environment. If you do it right, it can be a really amazing way of living and healing for so many people. So, you know, yes, there was a transition, but immediately I felt great. I would have occasionally some symptoms in my gut health. So that for colitis means like, you know, the, the bleeding went away. So fewer and fewer and fewer episodes of that. And you get these little stomach pains, those went away. And after about four months, everything completely stopped, like no symptoms, feeling great, energized, I honestly don't have a single thing wrong with me anymore. And wow. and for the first time in my life, like that's why I think I was so obsessed with health when I was younger mm-hmm. is because I was always trying to be healthy yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah. And I was always trying to solve something and I was taking every supplement possible and studying every herbal medicine and what kind of diet and taking my, you know, vegan diet and and raw food diet to the nth degree trying to find that place where I was free of problems with my health. And I, I just could never do it. And so, you know, I was just saying to my boyfriend just yesterday that it's almost amazing how much we take for granted. And I'm so feeling so great now. And I look back and I, I just, I'm so grateful that I have 
was open-minded enough to try this because all of my health problems are gone. And it's almost not normal to be that way, right? Everybody you know has something they're dealing with and I, right. and I don't anymore. So it's been a really incredible journey. It's been very eye-opening to see how, how vicious people get yeah, when you challenge the idea of plant-based diets. And I don't do it to challenge anybody. I just oh, want people to know that there are other ways of doing things. And if you are struggling with a health condition, then you may need to be more open-minded for a minute and try something. And it, and it might not happen overnight, but you could find some really amazing success of what you're doing isn't working. Yeah. So, and so how do you convince somebody? Well, first of all, well, here's a question. So some people may ask, mm-hmm. what about your blood work? So my cholesterol was a little bit higher than it was before. So, you know, right around the 200-ish range. By the way, cholesterol, the numbers of cholesterol and what is healthy and what is not was made by the companies that make statins, establishing the guidelines. So where that's where that cholesterol number, what is healthy, has gotten to be a lower and lower and lower number, in my opinion, to sell more statins because it's a very big business. And there's still so much misleading stuff that you had to another new study recently saying, oh, no, now you shouldn't eat eggs. But it was not a causational study. It was a observational study over many years, people just self-reporting. And that's what they usually right. are with nutrition studies. But like you said, it increased a little bit, but not a lot. So that that's, I guess, those are the people that would have more yeah. concern that were already a higher rate. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, my, so my LDLs went down and my HDLs went up. I had perfect blood measure my cholesterol is around 200. Blood pressure is great. My hormones, I haven't had my estrogen or uh, progesterone tested or my test, uh, testosterone since, but I did get my thyroid tested. Um, my teeth, I posted my numbers actually on my Instagram, uh, but now my, my thyroid is perfect. My doctor even says per- they're perfect. You don't need anything now. And I do feel so much better. So I, I more put it on how I feel. And, you know, do we know what this will be long-term? No, but I can't argue with the success of healing everything in my body, having great energy, finally sleeping. I had insomnia for a long time, losing uh, a lot of excess body fat. I was never heavy, but I, but I got, you know, leaner. And body fat is not a healthy thing to have a lot of. It's where we store our toxins. But just having the normal functions of my body and feeling mentally stable and clear and calm and you know, all those things together are really hard to argue with. Do I know what the long-term effects will be? No, but I do keep an eye on things. And if I had something that comes up, I would still be as open-minded as I was when I initiated this, which is maybe something needs to change. But so far I've been carnivore for one year in May. In May, I'll be having eaten nothing but meat for one year. And all I can say is my health and my life has just gotten better and better and better and better every month that passes. And I'm just utterly amazed. And I get, you know, now I promote it on my Instagram because I want people to know um, things that I never thought of when I was plant-based, such as- What are a couple things? Okay, let's hear them. These are very controversial. So eating plant-based is not going to save the environment. Yeah. And and why is that? And I've I've heard both both sides of that. So So I learned a lot from the Savory Institute. And um, you can search that up online. But so the deal is this, is part of our environmental issues are lack of water, running out of farmland, topsoil, and it's from over farming. And yes, factory farms do contribute, but they don't contribute as much as we've previously thought. 
they, but they do contribute to toxins in the water, right? From like hormones and antibiotics and things like that. So I don't, I'm not promoting factory farms. What I do promote is using pasture raised animals. So biodynamic farms help replenish the soil just by using the animals. So basically the animals graze on the land, they pee and poop on the land, they fertilize it, and then they move on. And that's, that's how the land is restored. So if we actually want to do something for the environment, it's to support the uh, farming of pasture-raised animals. And that will heal the planet. It really will. I've done a lot of reading on this and I'm convinced that that's a far better method. Is it enough to feed the world? I don't know. But I do know that it's far better than all of the agriculture and the monocropping and the plowing and the over-farming of our lands that are cleared, which many animals die in the process of and lose their habitat and watersheds are damaged and, you know, water's dammed and derailed, fish die, wildlife, birds. I mean, you name it. It's not a cruelty-free zone just by growing plants. It's a, it's a common misconception. And I know about this because I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm in Michigan and I remember all of the, everything that goes into farming. We grew soybeans in Michigan. So I, I do have a good understanding of this. And so that's one, one reason. And the other thing is my belief was that it, eating plants was the most nutritious thing right. for me. This is how I'm going to get the most nutrients, right? I think a lot of plant-based people believe that. What's better than eating kale or juicing? Well, the reality is our digestive systems aren't designed to absorb those kind of foods, right? The nutrients in those foods. One, we're not designed to handle all that fiber. So it's very destructive on the gut. And the forms of these nutrients that are in plants aren't assimilable to our bodies. We can't assimilate them like, like a ruminant animal. So kale is not for human consumption. Okay, It's for okay. a ruminant animal lamb. like lamb, right? Or goats or cows. It actually was, I think it was bred for okay. goats to eat and for lambs. And so they can digest these, mm-hmm. they can handle the fiber because right. they have a rumen. We do not. And so they absorb those nutrients. And then when we eat their animal byproducts, their meat, their milks, we absorb okay. those nutrients. Same with eggs. And we, we absorb them in a form that's much more bioavailable. So believe it or not, meat, like pasture-raised beef, lamb, bison, that animals that are eating clean grass, bugs, nature, those are the most nutrient-dense foods you can eat. You get far more nutrients in that than any kind of vegetable. And you don't eat as much. And it doesn't require very much water at all to raise those animals. So these are some really important points that, you know, for me, this, this was my reason for being vegan. I need to get as much nutrients as possible. I need to do my part to help tread lightly on the earth and save the planet. Yeah. That's what a lot of. Yeah. And I totally get that. I want to do that still. And I'm cautious now as a carnivore, there's people that do it different ways. I personally try to buy as much grass fed. We had bison the other night. We had uh, venison from a friend who's a hunter, line caught fish, wild salmon from a friend. You know, we are uh, fortunate in that way, but I think those things are really important if you're eating. Yeah. I was wondering about, yeah, like how, where people should source it because of all the, the information about, you know, conventionally raised meat. No. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people just 
eat conventionally raised hamburger or steaks every day and call it good. I think for health purposes, it's it's short sighted. Mm-hmm. I think you're missing out on some omega fatty acids. So that's why I like to incorporate organ meats. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, pasture raised eggs. I would never eat factory farm eggs ever. Not worth it. Same with chicken. But, you know, your ruminant animals are highly nutritious. Eggs, the yolks is what you want. And that gives you a ton of nutrients. Also fat, you know, grass-fed butter. Uh, I don't really do dairy, but you can get raw dairy products if you like. Some people do good with it. Some don't. And so these are these are the most nutritious and the best for the environment. I mean, I don't like the idea of factory farming because the conditions and yeah, they I was do wondering about that, uh, the people that yeah there is there is chemicals running into the water and, and the conditions of the animals. That. So so if there's people that they just can't, don't want to deal with that, that's some people can't. Yeah, so that's why I recommend eating bison and lamb. You can buy that at any grocery store, and those are traditionally not factory farmed. Oh, I didn't know that. So no lamb is. Yeah. Right. Not normally. I mean, is there a factory farm out there? Perhaps. I don't know. But most part, those animals are not typically factory farmed. So you can do that. But you do want to eat those ruminant animals, you know, like you wouldn't like pescatarian. Do I think that's the healthiest choice? No, because I think you're missing out on a lot of the nutrients that come from the ruminant animals because they're eating those greens that we are trying to eat and absorb nutrients from and we can't. So, so there, I do believe there is a right way, a best way to do carnivore, but you'll find that many people approach it differently. Some eat a little bit of vegetables here and there. I think, you know, some people can do that. I personally have not because I want to make sure my gut is fully healed before I, you know, incorporate any other foods in there. But it's not to say that you can't have some berries here and there. And there's some discussion about, you know, whether we get vitamin C um, cause it's not a lot in meat. And however, there's people that have been eating nothing but beef for nine, 10 years plus and have never had scurvy or anything like that. So I think it's questionable. We just don't know yet, but I don't also, I also don't think there's anything wrong with eating a little bit of, you know, I think buying, buying your broccoli that was grown on a monocrop thousands of miles away is no better than eating factory farmed beef, right? Mm-hmm. It, you're still contributing to environmental problems by doing that. But hey, if you've got a farmer's market that's local and you've got some wild berries or out by you, and then I think some of those make sense. Right, I see. Yes. Those we can eat and digest. Um, so those are two main reasons that I think I, I come up against a lot. And I, believe me, I don't, I don't want to convince anybody. I want people to convince themselves that this is the right thing for them. One thing that I always talk about in what I teach in far as coaching and wellness is that you have to listen to your body. And I think that was the thing that I didn't do for a long time is I I was so dead set on being vegan and being plant-based that my body was screaming, but I didn't listen because I was fixated on this boxed in idea of, of, you know, this dogmatic idea of what it meant to be healthy. And we're still there. And I come from the healthcare field. I've been Mm -hmm. in healthcare field for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And this has been the message and it's still the message. I work in corporate wellness now for a very large healthcare company and they still promote the message and they're trying to go more plant-based. Yeah, I did notice that is the trend. Yeah. And it's really difficult for me because I think- Yeah. So how do you you deal with that? Well, one by one, I share my story on my social media 
And I tell my story all the time because I know I'm not the only one. And I get bombarded with messages about, oh my gosh, this was me. Oh my gosh, I've been plant-based. And they want to be, yes. but they're suffering. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having so many health problems and nobody can understand why. So I think this is why. And so my, my I'll say my mission right now is to wear, raise awareness about the problems with a plant-based diet and that it might not be a good idea for everybody. And it probably isn't a good idea for most people because it's very hard on your gut. And without gut health, there is no health. The food industry has a lot to gain off of us eating plant-based and a lot of grain-based foods because you know they have money in there. There's financial ties and there's huge margins in those foods and subsidies. So you have to take that into consideration. If you're not feeling well on something, but some, you know the government is telling you to eat that, why? And if we know that it causes diabetes and you know other digestive problems, why are we told to eat that? There's a lot of things about that that don't mix. And also, we've relied for years, and I know this from my you know my graduate studies are in epidemiology and public health. Right. And one thing that we always studied was. All of the nutrition information is on epidemiology. And there also uh, have been many longitudinal studies gone out to prove that saturated fat and meats are unhealthy for us and cause disease. But you know what? None of them have been able to prove it. So mm-hmm. the Framingham study, yeah. a famous study, yeah. 40 years or so, they tracked people and they still couldn't prove that these foods were unhealthy. It was a massive failure and a financial waste, proving nothing. And the Women's Health Initiative, same thing. Many, many years following individuals to see what they eat. They didn't find anything. And also these reports are self-reported. Yeah, Yeah, epidemiology is not reliable. And the only other research that you you really can do is the gold standard, which is double-blind placebo-controlled trials. Mm -hmm. And those are very expensive to conduct. So who's going to pay for those? Someone that stands to benefit from the result. And I'll tell you what, it's not going to be a food company. It's not going to be somebody that has ties to food companies because nobody wants to find research that makes them look bad. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes into this. And, and, you know, I mean, I will say this is a can of worms. If, if you're not doing well on a plant-based diet, be open-minded and do your own research. I don't want to convince anybody. I just want people to be open-minded enough to do their own research and try something new because I don't know what I'd still be suffering if I hadn't done that. And I'm cured of all my diseases. I feel amazing at 44, better than I ever have in my life. It's really hard to argue with that. I've seen miraculous changes in other people close, close to me and stories of people all over the world curing their body. So I think this is something that cannot be ignored. And so I promote it on my social media in my coaching business, which I've had for many years before I was ever carnivore. Of an, I have now incorporated a lot of this work and I've had awesome results. It's, it's really kind of a paradigm shift, I think. And to come from a plant-based diet and, you know, for many years on a plant-based diet and being so entrenched in that, it's really, really hard to think that this opposite way of eating could possibly be right. It's very hard to wrap your mind around that. I really appreciate you coming on the show and bringing a different point of view. It 
it's I love my it. pleasure. I'm sure that you're going to have a lot of people that listen to this and think it is absolutely crazy oh. and will disagree. And that's okay. But for those people that are struggling and are open-minded enough, just there's a little crack in the door <laughs> that they might be willing to look into it just for themselves. And where can people get a hold of you if they want to explore this more? And you offer coaching programs. Yeah, I do. So they can go to my website, which is healthywithnicole.com. Um, you can find my digital programs there and um, you can also sign up for one-on-one coaching. I write a lot of articles and so um, there's some information there they can look at. And then they can also find me on Instagram. I do a lot of work on Instagram and it's healthy with Nicole. I also have a YouTube channel, also Healthy with Nicole. And this is a little bit more diverse. I do a lot of DIY skincare so that people can avoid toxins. I do some cooking. I do a lot on stress management Mm -hmm. and uh, fasting because I find that to be incredibly helpful for health and well-being. And so, you know, more broad in my work of health and well-being. Those three locations, anybody can uh, find find out more about what I do. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing and sharing your wisdom and your story. And I know people will benefit from it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Nicole, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact and there's a form there. I'll get back to you. You can also visit my Instagram, I'm very active on there, at Teaspoon of Healing, or facebook.com slash Teaspoon of Healing. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. We were in Orange County, we were driving around and we got lost, and we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance and specialty margaritas.